Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How about that for an opening win for Penn State football? Welcome to the BWI Live Show. I'm Thomas Frankard. The postgame show here live on YouTube. Moments after Penn State wins in their season opener against West Virginia, 38-15. to Nobody had it on their bingo card. Nobody had 15 points on their bingo card. Nobody wins today. Um, but n- the Penn State, <laughs> they won today. And in the way you wanted them to if you're a Penn State football fan. I think that's a big takeaway from today. Uh, I haven't said Drew Aller's name yet, and it's the first minute, so I still got it in. Uh, Drew Aller was awesome. Drew Aller was so good for the Nittany Lions in his first game as the Penn State starting quarterback. 72% completion percentage on the night, and he was better than that because you got to factor in a couple throwaways as well, so close to 75% completion percentage. And this is something, and it, we're going we're gonna to not take it for more than it was against a you know, non-conference opponent in West Virginia. But there are the questions that the Penn State coaching staff probably knows a little bit better than we do, a lot of bit better than we do, because we have not seen Drew Aller play until tonight. Is he the guy? Is he the, is he the guy that can get you to the next level of the college football playoff pantheon? Well, he had 325 yards and three touchdowns. (laughs) That's a pretty good indication that, yes, he was that guy. Uh, This is the BWI Live postgame show. If you're just joining us, people filing into their seats with just moments after Penn State wins their first game of the season, 38-15. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. My co-host tonight and for every home game is you. Uh, so what are your questions? What are your comments? What do you want to talk about in this post-game show? That's what we're going to be doing uh, over the course of the next 12 games. Uh, especially here, live on the post-game show for home games. I'll be riding solo for the most part. So uh, let's have a conversation. For me, this game was what you wanted if you were a Penn State fan. As much as everyone loves the running game, and the offensive line taking a step forward, and all of those conversations as well, the real question and the real thing that Penn State fans need to know and that everyone, the college football world, needs to know, is Drew Aller the quarterback that can elevate you? Game one against a defense that we said coming into this game is going to give up some big plays. He found the big plays. And there's just so many parts of the game that I think if you're a Penn State fan, you should be incredibly excited about. His poise under pressure. His maneuvering the pocket. We talked about these things all the way back when he was a senior in high school. These traits that he had. Was he going to be able to unlock those at the the college football level? And so far, yup. Yep, he did that. Uh, Receivers, very good tonight as well. 
Um, we'll break a lot of this down during film study tomorrow and then give it to you, bluewhiteillustrated.com, uh, with, with T. Frank's film room and the film study of tonight. But the first thing you got to know, if you're here enjoying the win, you can also get a second win, and that is the Blue White Illustrated kickoff sale. You can get 50% off your first year of membership at bluewhiteillustrated.com because I'll be doing full film analysis. You'll get the inside information on recruits and how people felt about this win that really matter. Not just fans, but the recruits at the game. Of course, you're going to have insights and access from all of our reporters that are live there. We have an army of people live at the stadium, which is why I get to sit back here in my studio and do my instant analysis here and give it to you live in the post-game show because we have so many people doing great work over at uh, the stadium. And, of course, we'll have James Franklin's press conference live on the YouTube channel. Uh, we'll also have uh, instant analysis and reaction from uh, Fitz and from Nate and from Greg Pickle, who are all there at the game. Uh, also tonight, the show is brought to you by Alum Lodge. What are you doing for your lodging tonight? Because if you're watching this, you're probably at home. But if you're filing out of the stadium, if you want to go to the, a game like this, this is going to be a special year for Penn State by the looks of game one. You might want to come to the game. Why not stay in epic fashion? At Alum Lodge, they strive to deliver customized service that meets unique needs of each guest's stay so that you return time and time again. So it's Airbnb, but for Penn State fans, just for Penn State fans, offer a concierge service for guests to feel cared for in Happy Valley. And they got a lot of great properties, by the way. Go to alumlodge.com and check those out. If you use the promo code BWI at alumlodge.com, you get 10% off your first booking. If you are if you know the area, Park Forest, that is a very nice, uh, classic Penn State neighborhood. They have stuff uh, at the Village at Penn State, which is super close. And if you want to stay a little bit farther out in the woods like me, uh, you can go to the Horse Retreat. Literally, you can stay at a horse retreat for your next Penn State football game. So check that out so you can watch Drew Aller in person. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Again, the numbers here are excellent. I, I did a deep dive this offseason into quarterbacks that turned out to be the guy and their surrounding casts and how they performed in their first year as starters. And they all performed. It wasn't like they had they were led by a running game and they were uh, a, a sidecar on, on the team. Most of them had excellent performances, elite performances, what you would expect from a five-star quarterback. What you saw tonight was a five-star quarterback performance. That's what it's supposed to look like. If you want to know how to quarterback, Drew Aller just showed you how to quarterback. Uh, and I appreciate everybody here in the chat tonight. <laughs> Jason, I got to give props to Jason. Uh, a little bit, little bit of an inside story here. Jason gives his thumbs up on literally every single video here on the channel. And Jason, I just want you to know that I, I appreciate that so much. That is awesome that you, we have the support we do from our regulars here on the channel. And for new people like Gary N. Gary, welcome to the channel. Um, I appreciate you being here. Can I try uh, to kick one? Asks Frack the Hunter. Sandra Sahadak had a bad day, misses first two kicks. And this is why I don't try to break down special teams. 
because he was a five-star kicker or whatever the, the Cole kicking uh, uh, rankings, a very highly rated kicker. Because it's, it's all about what's between your ears. I, I can't look at a kicker and say, hey, man, that's a great kicker. Because in the moment, they'll tell you when they're a great kicker. So we look at all of that, uh, and we'll find out how that goes throughout the season. Alex Falcons came in and righted the ship. 38-15, the final score, able to take over from there. Jim says, Aller was very good defense against the run, a little concerning. We'll talk about that throughout the show. I'll hit on that right now, and we'll get to it in just a little bit. But one of the things that I noticed uh, from Manny Diaz is a lot of zone blitzing. And this is something I said uh, before the show, uh, before the game, is that if you zone blitz, sometimes you miss. <laughs> you're, you're betting you know what's going to come a lot of times with those zone blitzes, that you're trying to get a guy in and get a tackle for loss in a situation where you're not just playing the gaps straight up. And I guess that's the main thing here. So Penn State gambles a little bit in their run defense as much as they were not clean tonight. Abdul Carter didn't have a great night. There was a lot of uh, playing fast, but being in the wrong gap a couple of times. A couple of uh, coverage miscommunications as well. Overall, in the first half, it was a little bit sloppy for the Penn State defense with their gap assignments. But they righted that. Uh, and let me see just here on, uh, we got the stats up here, uh, by the quarter and by the half. Now, Penn State, of course, came out in the second half and, and put some points on the board. But total rushing yards, 174 for uh, West Virginia in the second half. Uh, still running the football when you're down by 20-some points. But in third quarter, uh, total yards, 62 Rushing yards, 28. So we're talking about the important part of the game where it was still competitive. They had 28 rushing yards in the third quarter. So Penn State had some issues early and then came back and corrected them in the second half. So yeah, I would say that, the, Jim, you're right, a little bit concerning, but also not as bad as you might think because that first initial thing uh, that you saw made you feel concerned. Michael, another regular here, says expect a lot more from the ground game. Michael, this is what's happened when you have a good quarterback. This is something to be, if you're a Penn State fan, this is probably this is something to be excited about because you didn't have to rely on the ground game. They could be incredibly efficient, which they were tonight. So speaking of that ground game, let's take a look at what they were able to, to do tonight. Um, on the ground, I'll show you the, see if I can pull this up for you here quickly while I'm talking, show you the, the uh, scorecard for tonight because when it comes to the ground game, very efficient. They were... Uh, 4.2 yards per carry, including sacks and lost yardage. Both of the starting running backs averaged over five yards a carry. 13 carries, 10 carries. Um, Nick Singleton, 70 yards and a touchdown. Only a 14-yard run. Those guys are coming out of this game fresh. They had 13 carries and 10 carries. Your quarterback did your heavy lifting. So I agree with you, uh, Michael. I think a lot of us expected more out of the ground game. Turns out they didn't need it tonight. Um, and even though it was, uh, you know, 35 carries, 146 yards, that's a good night. It's not a dominant seven. Like, what they were missing here is just one big play broken for a touchdown. But that's kind of the nature of this West Virginia defense is they flow to the football. They have a lot of bodies on the field. This is what it was supposed to be for them last year where they don't let you get those big plays because they're not stuffing the box. And it's not just one safety 10 yards to 15 yards downfield that Nick Singleton can break the angle on and can run for a touchdown. They try to keep everything in front. They keep guys in good zone so they can tackle and keep the lid on the ball 
uh, in the run game and in the passing game. But once again, a, a soft coverage defense did not keep a lid on the passing attack. Eli here, he says it was a great game. Need to improve the run game and kicker. Dre was on fire. Keandre Lambert-Smith was excellent in this game. Four catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Keep up that energy of, of four catches for 123. That's what Penn State needs from him. Uh, I thought it was really interesting, the balance in the offense. I was expecting much more from the tight ends, as I said many times uh, during uh, the, the lead-up to the game. I thought the tight ends bringing the formation in, condensing it, and play actions. What Penn State did instead was they max protected a lot. So they kept the tight ends to block in passing attacks, and then they attacked downfield with Keandre Lambert-Smith and with Trey Wallace. Trey Wallace, very good day tonight. One drop on a would-be touchdown. But other than that, 7 for 72, they need some consistency. I was wondering personally where the consistency in this game uh, in this passing offense would come from. Would it be from uh, the tight ends? Would it be from whomever? Would it be Keandre Lambert-Smith being the the consistent chain mover? Well, with Aller, it's the guy that's open. Uh, and I thought it was a good distribution of uh, the football. You had three guys that had four catches. Liam Clifford ca uh, chipping in two for 25. Um, and uh, this is something that I think... Uh, Drew Aller did really well tonight is take the easy access throws and make the easy throws easy. A couple of, you know, a couple off target on some short design screen plays, not 100% accurate on those. But James Franklin talked about this, that Penn State doesn't run an easy access defense where they run cover three, cover four off coverage where you can just run five yards, turn around at the sticks and catch the football. Um, they run a, a press heavy defense. West Virginia runs an easy access defense, so when he found the opportunity to hit Harrison Wallace for eight yards, he took it. You got Malik McLean in underneath, catch and run. I think that was another thing about tonight that was really big, and we talked about this in the offseason. An accurate quarterback with a strong arm creates catch and run situations, and Penn State's receivers caught the ball and had the ability to run. Now, West Virginia gave them the room in the secondary to run, but... They caught the ball in stride for the most part. A um, couple of times, you know, you could make the argument on the touchdown to Keandre Lambert-Smith that uh, if Aubrey Burks isn't a safety and that is a uh, corner, maybe that's an interception. The ball was a little behind. But also, that's their best coverage player on Keandre Lambert-Smith. Throwing on the run across his body, that was a very good throw in my opinion in that situation to put the ball on the frame of his receiver. Was it absolutely perfect uh, placement of that ball? No, but it was good enough to get a touchdown. So uh, great stuff from Drew Aller. The pocket poise, um, the accuracy, the calm under pressure. We're not taking shots at former Penn State quarterbacks tonight. I'm just saying what you saw tonight was different. Stephen Light back here. He says, happy night. Plus they covered the 20 and a half. Honestly, I don't, I don't put money on games, but that's what I based my final score on. Was they, they cut the, what, what's the cover? They're going to cover, and they did that tonight. If you want to be like Steven and you want to donate to the channel, Super Chat, the tip jar is open. It's super appreciated. It helps us keep the lights on here on the BWI live show, uh, and it lets uh, uh, everyone know that this is a great show that people like being a part of, and we got a ton of people here tonight. We have uh, over 400 people on the live stream tonight. First off, tell your friends, share the link. Let's get some more people in here. And if you're new, 
consider subscribing to the channel because we're doing this all year long. We did a pregame show, a tailgate show. We're doing a postgame show. We'll have all kinds of stuff here on the YouTube channel, pumping out all kinds of interesting, insightful content. So like this video and subscribe. If we could get 500 likes on this video tonight, that'd be unbelievably awesome. Talking about Penn State winning 38-15. Uh, and that's the story of the game that we just covered. Drew Aller being a baller quarterback. Penn State, this is a the next level of quarterback play. Presuming he can do this against other teams. Um, and it's you have one game, 478 total yards, 332 passing. Penn State won the way they wanted to win the game. They James Franklin said we can come out uh, tonight, uh, previously this week. He said we can just come out and play and call the game the way we want to. And that's what they did tonight. They called the game that this is a Mike Yersich special. Uh, at one point, Drew Aller's average completion percentage was almost 17 yards. It was 15 tonight. So just think about that. Your quarterback in his first start is going to throw the ball almost 30 times and average 15 yards of completion. This is what this is the Mike Yersich offense that James Franklin wanted. It's in a different formation. There aren't always three receivers out there, but uh, they're getting the explosive plays they want to through the passing game. Efficiency, efficiency of points per play and points per drive, which is what, um, which, which is what they were talking about during Big Ten uh, Penn State Media Day and the lead up to the season is being efficient and explosive. And don't forget, they had two drives that resulted in zero points into the red zone. So a couple things go a couple different ways, and this could have been a a forty five maybe 50-point performance. Now, obviously, it didn't, and West Virginia did a great job of closing the door in those situations. Um, when it comes to the offensive line, I have more to say about them as run blockers than pass protectors because a lot of that stuff, I'll have to really dig into the film tomorrow to look at that and give you... It, did the offensive line take a step forward? I believe there were two sacks in the game. Uh, let me look at that quickly. Uh, three sacks in the game. But for the most part, Drew Aller was able to compensate for that. So that is a, a good night for Penn State football and their offensive line. They saw the best tight end room in football, but we still didn't use them in the passing game. He would have thrown for 400 to them. Yeah, Tyler Warm caught one for nine, and Theo Johnson didn't receive a target, I don't think, in the game, which is interesting. Uh, what he did do was he did... Uh, he did confirm that he's a much better run blocker than he was last year. So Theo Johnson, this offseason, seeing him in person the first time during the summer, it was shocking the amount of muscle and weight he had put onto his frame. He went from looking like, you know, a modern tight end with one of those guys that is smooth and runs around the football field and is athletic, and then he looked like a real Y, an inline, nasty blocking tight end. And that's what he showed tonight. I, I was very impressed with him and Tyler Warren and their improvement as run blockers tonight. Um, Chris. Chris says, very underwhelming performance. Drew was awesome, but offensive line and rush defense were trash. Uh, probably the worst performance of Abdul Carter's career, too. I disagree with the worst performance, but it, I do think that it was not a great performance from the defense in general, and Abdul had a couple of missed gaps. Um... I don't think you should expect perfection in, in game one. 
I think you have a very high bar here. The offensive line, and I want to give a shout-out to Caden Wallace, a guy who has been under uh, siege quite a bit throughout his career. He performed very well tonight in the snippets that I saw of him as a run blocker. The, that 320 pounds he's carrying on his frame, uh, he used it. The, the general sense that I got from this group, from the tight ends and the offensive line, is they're here to block. They're here to run block. And I thought they did a very good job um, at the goal line, in some short yarded situations, in some pin and pulls, where you saw even Venga Yuane uh, getting out in space and, and running people over. The other thing is they are seeing them on TV. So seeing them in person and you see them all next to each other and you kind of go, okay, that's the offensive line, right? And you see, you know, like they're big people. They're massive people, but you see them all together and they all kind of look the same. Seeing them against the West Virginia defense, they are massive. This is a big offensive line. So Penn State, I think they're going to have an opportunity um, to, to be good uh, in the run game and to be good as, uh, as pass protectors. We'll see about that second part. The, the sacks and the pressures were there. Um, maybe some mental errors because I saw a couple guys come through unblocked. And this is just, this is just me. Um, on certain situations, offenses will use play action. And they will pull, like, pretend like they're running the ball and pull a guard. And like, hey, look, we're going to go this way. Everyone run this way. And more times than not, your guard is pulling and he's going to miss his block because he's not the most athletic offensive lineman on your roster. He's the guard for a reason. And in one situation, what happened was West Virginia blitzed through that gap. There was nobody there to pick it up. Hunter Norzad might have been involved in that. Have to look at the film to make sure. And they got a free rush. So for me, I'm I'm throwing out the play action power. I hate that. I've always hated that. Um, but I understand it is something that everybody uses. I'm not saying like Mike Yersich is a bad offensive coordinator for calling it. Just like I said earlier this week at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, I'm not a fan, huge fan of screens. They were effective tonight. Just my personal flavor doesn't always mean that it's the wrong thing. Peter Anthon back for this season. He says, very first game against a good opponent, good disip uh, gap discipline, and tackling on D needs some work. Tackling in the second half, there was some issues there. I will agree with you, Pete, on that one. Tackling, um, angles were hard for this team because Garrett Green is genuinely a great athlete. You know, I, come in, I came into the game saying he's Trace McSorley-esque, and you saw, like, he's hard to tackle. So a couple guys in space having to break down and... and and part of part of missing tackles sometimes is what you don't see before the tackle where you're pulled out of position by your eyes or your feet and then you're not square and you're making up ground already to try and get to uh, the guy you're trying to tackle. So part of the conversation with the tackling is also part of the mental mistakes and kind of the the rough game in the first half for Penn State's defense. But another thing in this game, and we want to talk about the run defense here for a second. There were guys that were struggling to be in their gaps, some linebackers not taking over gaps from the defensive linemen on stunts and things like that up front. But also, the stunting and the zone blitzing from Manny Diaz was nuts. At the goal line, you saw Devon Elise going from the A gap to the C gap. So that's your, if, you, if there's one guy on this roster that's like a pure one technique, a, a nose tackle, it's Devon. And you have him running to the C gap. And I'm not, again, 
I am not saying that that play, there's there's a couple of uh, layers to that. I think some guys from the second level were supposed to attack a little harder into the gap he vacated, and they didn't. So every play works when you draw it up and it's executed right, but it's just some of these gap exchanges are pretty extreme. There was another one, uh, C.J. Donaldson on on after the, the holding penalty. Um, there was a 17-yard run. Hakeem Beeman is hitting the backside of that play. And he's that's his job. He's running to the opposite side of the, the zone. So they're trying to cross up the blocking and they're trying to get uh, a tackle for a loss. But the other side of that coin is if the guy who's supposed to take over that gap doesn't get there in time or the other team is just better than you in that situation and they see it and they hit it, Donaldson's a good runner and they got 17 yards on that run because of that situation. So the run defense, it to me, it's a little bit of both. It, it's kind of the nature of the defense that they're going to give up some runs but uh, because they're trying to get those negative plays. But also, I think this group needs to do a little more uh, assignment sound football in, in, in the next game. But like we said, in the second half, in the third quarter, 28 yards rushing, they put they clamped down on it. So that was, uh, that. I think, even in, in the game, the adjustment was there. The other part of the run defense, you feel like they gave up even more yards when it was 40 carries for 148 yards. Obviously, college has the, the sack totals in there as well. 40 carries for 148 yards, you'll take that. Um, but the scrambling by Garrett Green. Gap discipline was an issue. The edge defenders, I was a little underwhelmed with them tonight. I think Adisa Isaac, Chop Robinson, I was expecting those guys to feast in long passing situations. Now, part of that is, once again, I underestimated an offensive line, and that's on me. Uh, but those guys are supposed to be the headliners of that defensive line, and uh, Contain wasn't necessarily the best tonight on those quarterback sneaks. And, and I'm sorry, the quarterback... Uh, quarterback draws and the scrambles. And that's something we talked about on the tailgate show is that you could be right and Garrett Green can still make you wrong in a couple of uh, situations like that. Uh, Bruno says, great overall performance. Thanks for the coverage. Appreciate you, Bruno. Thanks. Appreciate you. Hope you're having a good time on the show tonight. Uh, if you went to the game, you can drop in how the game was for you and how you felt like the game went. Um, beautiful day today in Happy Valley. Um, and Jomo says this, tight ends were, hold, were held into block. Yes, that was a big part of their performance tonight. And I, I think that that is something that will change going forward. But we, we've talked about the receivers, and we've talked about Keandre Lambert-Smith. But I do think that what we heard from James Franklin, and this is always the tough part, is like, what is positive spin on a situation? And what is, he's not, he never lies he never is like telling an outright deceit, but sometimes he's a very optimistic person. And and there's the what we want to be true, and what we see and what we believe and put and 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 just giving these guys a vote of confidence publicly, right? This was a receiving core that you saw a lot of guys on the football field, and I think that that was encouraging for week one as that battle continues. Again, Malik McLean got involved. Um, you got Liam Clifford, Dante Cephas had a couple targets, one catch for 22 yards, did have the drop, um, but looked good running routes. So they have uh, a lot of, <laughs> they have a lot of options in this offense. And I think that that is, that's a positive thing. Matthew Focheezy, Dr. Drew. I don't know that I'm going to give him that nickname, but that's a good one. 
Dr. Drew. <laughs> Excellent there. And uh, Yersich in the pl- up in the coach's box, the thing we talked about this week. I think that's a big thing. I think you're going to see the play caller, Mike Yersich, have more insight. And he was good before. And I've always thought like his run game insight uh, from last year was very good. Um, that is going to be a story that I think we're going to talk a lot about this year. Got some more people here. We got so many people here tonight, by the way. Want to thank everybody for being in the in the chat. Um, there's a lot of comments coming in. I'm just one man. I'm going to get to as many as I possibly can in this conversation. This very one-sided conversation I'm having with you. Uh, Gary says, T. Frank Norzad looked good at center. No bad snaps. Solid. I would go with solid. Um, there were a couple high snaps. Drew did a good job. Uh, Do- Dr. Drew, I don't know if I can do it, man. I don't know if I can do it for cheesy. I don't know if I can call him Dr. Drew. Uh, he did a good job wrangling those snaps. And uh, Norzad, I think, for the most part, there were some really good blocks on screens. Uh, I'll say that. I saw some of that stuff. But when you go into the pass protection, there was some leaky pass protection on the inside tonight. And um, he might have been responsible for some of those. I don't want to be glowing about him and then have to retract it. But I also think he was good. So for the Penn State fans that didn't think that he was going to be a good center, I think that this offensive line performance was a very good one tonight despite um, not you know, giving up a little bit of pressure and Drew Aller having to evade it. Part of that too, by the way, when you max protect, you are in some ways inviting uh, pass rush because what happens is if you're in a man coverage defense, you have two options when somebody stays into pass block. You either drop into a zone or you blitz. Your guy is blocking, so your most valuable thing to do is go attack the line of scrimmage. So you can, by max protecting, invite more pressure. And that's where, going back and looking at some of these things, I think that's going to be where the nuances are of were these free rushers? Why were they free? And uh, how does Penn State correct that going in? And that's why you, you, the old adage is you love a game like today where there were mistakes on defense, on offense, and you can go fix them but you also got to win, and it's the fourth quarter, and I'm spying the fact that Drew Shelton is at left tackle. So Bo Perbula, Drew Shelton, Vega Yuwane, all these guys got snaps in the game late, and you had the T formation in the middle of the fourth quarter, basically victory formation. Um, El Guapo here with a donation to the, to the BWI live channel. Love you, El Guapo. Thank you very much for the donation. Um, this is a good point, too. West Virginia, a solid team. A lot of familiar names out there uh, that Penn State has either recruited or were on the team at one point. Um, it is a good team. They have improved since last year. That defense was not as leaky as we expected it. I expected it to be. Uh, that being said, they still had some coverage busts, and they still had a lot of that, what you would expect um, from, from that defense. It was, it was a little bit in the, gra- in the middle ground. Penn State... See, I have a hard time with this. They, they could have had two touchdowns in the red zone. You can't forget about that. But also, they didn't. <laughs> they, they were able to get pressure and stop them in the red zone. So that's, that's kind of the, the hit or miss with the bender or don't break defenses. They could have broken very early in the game. Um, and it took a couple of really good plays from Keander Lambert-Smith and from Drew Aller to get open. By the way, I love those crossers. That scissor route, the touchdown. And by the way, Todd Blackledge is excellent as an analyst on uh, national television, giving you really precise surgical insight on the replay. And he rarely 
you know, I would say misses, makes a mistake, says something that, you know, like it's, he's excellent at his job. So I feel like what I'm doing here is just kind of recapping what Todd said at times. Um, and he, he, uh, that was a really good, um, example of teaching people in the moment of what's actually happening on the football field. And there were a couple of times Penn State got what they wanted. Uh, this defense, for the most part, when they're playing their off coverages, they're matching up with the guy across from them, even though it's a zone coverage. So the safety has the slot player, whether it's a, a receiver or a tight end, and the corner has the outside guy. So, for example, Liam Clifford picks up a first down on second down on second and seven. He gets a seven-yard out. This is another one of those easy access throws because the safety is 10 to 12 yards off the line of scrimmage. So he just runs an out route, catches the ball, and you get a first down. A couple of times on Keander Lambert-Smith's big touchdowns, he's running uh, a deep post, which takes him out of the corner zone and into the middle safety. And that's where you see him against the safety where he gets a 70-yard touchdown. So Penn State did a great job of scheming up their explosive plays. And again, this is another reason why for the last couple of years I've been a huge fan of Mike Yersich. I think that he is a very good play caller. I think he devises a very good game plan. And uh, it's um, it's a really exciting thing to see, as Todd Blackledge, Todd Blackledge said, when you're humming as a quarterback and you've got this run game, what do you do? You can't stuff the box because Penn State's already proven that they'll go over your head, and if you if you don't, uh, um, if you don't cover those guys, if you if you keep guys deep, then they're going to run the football. And again, very efficient night from the Penn State running game. They didn't break the big one, but they averaged over five yards a carry. They got a, over a hundred yards rushing. They got a touchdown on the ground. They converted some critical situations. I think that that is a great recipe to put on film for other teams. Now, other teams will do a better job up front. Penn State's offensive line manhandled, uh, at times, players on the front seven for uh, West Virginia, where Theo Johnson and Caden Wallace are going off on these guys. J.B. Nelson had a couple of really good blocks. Is that going to happen against better teams? Maybe, maybe not. Excited to find out. As somebody said, in, I saw it just popped up here, went by. I literally read, it's one game. Yes, it's one game against a non-conference opponent. HF Transplant, T. Frank is the man. Love you on the board, the podcast, and KSN. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you uh, donating to the channel. Uh, I will take all the compliments and all the donations that you're interested in giving, but genuinely thank you guys for being here. Uh, we have an amazing crowd that wants to talk about Drew Aller's first game as the Penn State quarterback going 325 yards and uh, three touchdowns in a win, signaling what I genuinely think is a new era of Penn State football. This team has a real shot to do all the things that we've said in the preseason. Go 11-1. and Be a team that can push for a college football playoff appearance and I feel much better not he having seen anything from Illinois today I don't know if they played when they played what the score was I don't know any of that uh having watched Drew Aller play this game I feel much better about his opportunities in the future although let's wind this back a second we've talked a lot about West Virginia and how they run and and the zones and how open guys were in zone coverages Illinois, if they have the skills to do what they did last year, they're going to play press man coverage. And one of the problems for Penn State that we didn't see happen tonight 
was press man coverage. They, did, they, they didn't see a lot of that. One play, uh, Keander Lambert-Smith toasted Beanie Bishop and got a 20-yard catch. Is that going to happen against a guy who transferred from Western Kentucky to Minnesota and then didn't start and transferred to West Virginia? Um, maybe against somebody different. Is that going to happen in press man coverage when he... It, the whole reason they wanted to move him inside was to give him a two-way opportunity. And tonight, didn't have to deal with that physicality. That's an interesting uh, place we got to learn more about. But I don't want to take away from what they did tonight, which was genuinely excellent football. David is back. He says, West Virginia had a good plan and executed to the best of their ability. They didn't make it easy on Penn State. A good win, solid win against an average Power 5 team and lots of room to improve. Excellent nutshelling. This is well done. Yes. That is exactly correct. West Virginia had a good plan trying to keep a lid on everything, but they they couldn't they couldn't really do it. Patty coming in with a different energy though. Drew Aller is him. I really really want to agree with you. I re this is the hard thing is like I don't want to overreact to game 1 against the defense where we said this was a possibility. I came into the game saying, just let your young guy throw the football. Don't don't think about it as a first-time starter. Think about it as a quarterback going up against West Virginia. And they did that. Um, and it looked great. It looked really good. At one point, he was, he was 9 for 10 for 135 yards and a touchdown. It's hard to be mad at that. It's hard to be like, you know what? Let's, let's put on our adult hats and be reasonable. Sometimes you just got to say it. You got to shoot your shot. Patty's here saying Drew Aller is him. Uh, <laughs> some of his other comments we're going to keep in the chat. But I, 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 I agree. He, he was him tonight. He can be him in the future. And I kind of expect him to be him a lot this year. Can he be him when the stakes are raised? That's going to be the million-dollar question, 1-0 mentality we'll focus on tonight. El Guapo uh, said, I thought we'd be talking all about the defense. Here we are, all about the offense. Now, we can talk about the defense, um, but the offense was fun. <laughs> uh, this, 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 this offense was fun to watch tonight. They did a lot of good football things. Uh, and you're right, the, the, the defense was the headliners coming in. And that, I think, is why Penn State fans should be very excited about what's going on here uh, because... I think Drew Aller showing this and putting all this stuff on tape. We had the conversation on the Wednesday show about should they air it out with Drew Aller and should they do stuff to like, you know, or do you want to hide all of those things and what you're going to do with your offense? And West Virginia was too good of a team, I think, to hold a lot back. But they didn't need everything in the arsenal tonight. And they were able to show that Drew Aller can sling it he can navigate a pocket and find guys, and you're going to have to play really tight coverage. I think what it, amazingly, like, I don't know you can play zone against Drew Aller, which for a young quarterback, that's really impressive to say, like, he shredded that zone defense tonight. So you've got to play press man coverage, and then that uh, invites a lot of opportunities for big plays, and maybe that invites some opportunities for some big runs, because if you break one tackle and you're in man coverage, you can get some big plays. Um, Glancy Outdoors. If you want to have a question here, Glancy, I appreciate you for the donation. That's awesome. I want to make sure we get you your thoughts heard, but thank you for that donation. Um, 
let's get some negativity on the screen because I've been entirely too nice. And Orion MX says anemic defense, typical offense, good enough win for West Virginia, but not for Michigan. Womp, womp. A lot of work to do. Yes, this is not a complete team. It's not a finished product right now. Uh, but it was a good win. I, I'm not trying to single anybody out. And Orion MX, this is not your real name, I, I assume. So I'm not uh, signaling you out on the internet for uh, 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 criticism. But, like, if you can't enjoy that win, that's a tough, that's a tough place to be. That was a good win. That was a very good win for Penn State football. Um, and it's a cumulative thing. Yes, they didn't race out to 35 points immediately. But again, if, you're, if your question is, uh, can they play with Ohio State and Michigan? Uh, Ohio State scored 23 points today. 23-3 to is how they won that game with their new starting quarterback, who's a sophomore. So Penn State wanted that quarterback too, and they got Drew Aller. I... I I, I'm going to go on because I, I don't, uh, that's, that's making me uh, short circuit a little bit, like trying to like enjoy the moment, Orion XM, because that, that was a good win tonight. Sam here, or this is Ryan. We're with Ryan. Uh, I don't know if he made it up for the game. This is the West Virginia offensive line is the second best O-line they'll play this year, second only to Michigan. I think that is a fair point. Uh, I didn't think they were going to be as good in pass protection as they were tonight. I thought that Penn State, I, I overestimated Penn State's uh, ability to get to the quarterback. Um, we'll see how that plays out throughout the year because we know Chop Robinson is good. We know Adisa Isaac is good and uh, Denai De Sutton is good. We've seen them get to the quarterback. Now, I'm not going to say we're going to go to Delaware and be like, okay, now that's the answer. Obviously, they'll do well against Delaware, but, you know, uh, the Illinois offensive line, they're going to run block a lot. They're going to look similar in style to this team. But this West Virginia offensive line, give them their flowers. They were very good. I thought they actually did a good job of keeping the pressure manageable on Garrett Green. And he did a lot of lifting, by the way. Garrett Green did a great job of scrambling. And I, I have to check again, what were his stats as a rusher? 15 runs for 71 yards. So he accounted for uh, over 200 yards of the team's 310. He was basically two-thirds of the offense tonight. He did not put the ball in harm's way too often either. I thought that was a big thing. Was he going to grow up in the offseason and be a quarterback that manages the game? They can win with that quarterback. They need some more. He needs some more help. C.J. Donaldson was great. Um, I thought we might see more of Anderson, the backup running back. But Donaldson, was it, he was what he, he we expected him to be coming into the game. He's a good runner. Downhill, zone runner, physical, one cut, smart, good vision. And chewed up 18 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, if they had more receiving help, that would have helped out. Devin Carter, six catches for 90 yards, but it felt very hollow. One of them led to a touchdown, but generally those yards kind of felt hollow. Uh, the question here, did Amari Evans play? I did not see him out there. I have to go back and look because they were cycling through a lot of guys. He might have been on special teams, but I did not see him in the two deep receivers, uh, you saw, you saw Cephas, you saw, um, you saw Clifford and you, uh, McLean was a big part of the game tonight. Harris Wallace, Keandre Lambert Smith. I don't know that if I saw Amari Evans, but he might've been there for one or two plays. M 
The letter M is joining us. Not only is it the letter M, it's a blank box, just a white box. Welcome, mystery person. Joining a little late, so sorry if I was already covered, but huge Abdul Carter fan. He missed too many key tackles tonight. Yeah, we covered that We covered that a little bit earlier on the show. You can go back and watch that on replay. Uh, he'll, he also made some impact plays late in the game. So that's always one of the things is you, you look at a cumulative effect, right? And I feel like, by the way, I'm proud of you guys. There's some smart insight here tonight of it's not all not good enough for Michigan. It's, hey, Abdul Carter missed some tackles. And you, I think you noticed some things on, on film, not just of the obvious missed tackles, but also some of the things there. I feel like we have a very smart audience here for the BWI Live Postgame Show. I love that. Having a great conversation here tonight with you guys. Michael Beck, he says, was pleased with the number of wide receivers who contributed tonight. High five and thanks to T. Frank on a long day of great content. I am struggling. Is there any water? Nope. I drank all of my water earlier. My voice is it's on its last legs. Um, I've been uh, at tailgates talking to people, meeting BWI members and YouTube show members, uh, talking from like two o'clock until now, but it's worth it. It's worth it because covering football is so much fun. And you guys are making this a great time tonight. Have a huge crowd. I'll put out the plea again. If you're here watching the video, we have more people watching this video than we've had since last off season or last season during the Rose bowl win. I love having a big crowd. I love talking to all of you, meeting new people. If you want to stick around and be a part of the regulars like Michael, subscribe to the channel. Super easy. You hit the subscribe button. I don't bother you with weird posts or anything like that. We put up videos. We give you insight and content. We do live shows. We have conversations with you. Like this video. I'd love to get to 500 likes on this video. And uh, share, share Blue White Illustrated with your friends. I feel like we do a lot of really good stuff here. And Bill, thank you, man. Thanks for the coverage. I appreciate you saying that. Um, Kalen King review. Quiet night. Quiet night from Kalen King. A couple good tackles from what I remember on the defensive side of the ball. Let me pull up the defensive stats. I haven't really looked at the defensive stats. Curtis Jacobs, 10 tackles, a sack and a TFL. I think he was the player of the night for the Penn State defense. Kalen King right by, behind him with five tackles. So what happened on that one play where Devin Carter got behind him is they were running no huddle. West Virginia was running a no huddle play. They got him with some up tempo and they almost hit a big play. So that was kind of unsettled. The defense wasn't set. And I think there was a miscommunication in the coverage of they didn't all know what the call was there. So Kalen King got caught on that one. But my guy Jordan Vandenberg uh, was able to get a good bull rush, push the left guard back into the, the lap of green and the ball sailed because he couldn't step into the throw. So that's what I got for you on Kalen King. Quiet night because they um, they did a good job of pressure elements without getting a lot of sacks tonight. They did get three sacks. Abdul Carter, Dom DeLuca got the give up sack on the what the hell was that play. Uh, and the other fourth down play, can we just stop for a second and admire the fact that they ran a play that I don't even know what the point of it was. Like I watched it twice. It was during a really hectic time in the game. I don't exactly know what the what the target was on that play, but they had two quarterbacks on the field, and I'm sure it looked really good when they were scheming up on the whiteboard. But it did not work. It didn't work because, you know, that was... I hate being, like, critical, like, very critical, but I think everyone watching that, including everybody on the message forum, by the way, again, join bluewhiteillustrated.com, 50% off right now. We have a live thread 
where we we all talk together like you are in the chat right now over at the message board and uh, everyone agreed that was a dumb play everyone agreed that we didn't know what was going on so like the one thing that we can all come together on we can't come together on this was a hundred percent that this was a good game and that Penn State won and you know this was a, a great performance but we can all agree that what the hell was that uh Michael says great job watching from Oklahoma appreciate the energy you bring into the show tonight um and here look at that only one game much to improve but without improvement still only a 10 and 2 team okay I love that we've come off of sloppy bad game not good enough but yes that is the point is that this season and here I will just throw this up here for you uh so that we all are on the same page about how wh what is expected of this team this year so we're gonna take a look together at the Penn State schedule uh, and we're going to go right now, and we're not going to go 1-0. We are going to go through the schedule and look at this. Next up, Delaware. Penn State 1-0. Look at that. They have a one-game winning streak. Delaware at Illinois and Iowa. Those middle two, Illinois and Iowa, can be tricky. At Illinois, that defense, how good are they? That's going to be a good test for this offense. But they put it on film that they can run the football, they can be efficient and score and, and get lots of yards. This offense is not anemic. Then you've got Iowa at home at the whiteout. And somebody, I, I don't know what Iowa scored tonight. I'm assuming it's under 20 points. I'm assuming that Brian Ferentz, is, uh, his contract is already on ice. Penn State can score 30 points a game. So in those two games with questionable offenses, they should be tested, but get through those. Then you have Northwestern and UMass. Northwestern doesn't have a head coach. UMass is UMass for homecoming. And then you have Ohio State. This sets up really well for Penn State to work out those kinks, to work out the mistakes, to get the defense sharp and on point, and to, uh, there's no preseason in college football. So a lot of these things, the defense can't hit the quarterback. They've got to pull up a lot. Do they have, they had the physicality, they had the effort tonight, do they have the execution by October 21st? And I'm not saying this is Michigan's schedule from last year where they played Rutgers, Maryland, Yukon, Hawaii, and uh, Sister Jean. They, they, they will be tested in the month of September. But at, at Ohio State, with that run up, they have the opportunity to be humming, to hit on all cylinders. Now, they could also be injured. There could Other things could happen. But this year, the way it sets up and the nature of these teams as we see this unfold, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan. Every year when James Franklin's teams had an opportunity at the college football playoff, at, uh, at a Big Ten championship game, what did we always talk about? There was a meat grinder in October where they had to play Michigan, maybe a Minnesota somewhere in there, and then Ohio State. It was back-to-back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back -to -back of Big Ten East teams that were really tough to play. A Michigan State that always caused them problems somewhere in the middle. This schedule looks nice. You have, uh, in a four-week span, instead of a three-week span, you're playing Ohio State and Michigan. You're going to the horseshoe. That has always been tough. You have Michigan at home, where they have played Michigan better. I don't know what it is about Ann Arbor, but they, they get blown out in Ann Arbor. It's, it's at home. So, yes, roll it back. 
Week one, they were not perfect tonight. There were some issues. There were some drops by receivers. Drew Aller, despite all the glowing praise I've given him, he threw behind and late a couple times where guys stopped and caught the football and didn't catch and run. We're not going to kill him for it because it was a 38-15 to 15 win, and they were getting chunk plays repeatedly. So are they the sharpest they'll be all year? Their goal is to get better every single week, to improve on this, to show the mistakes, and to correct them and move on with a win. So that is what is setting up. It's not good enough yet, yeah, but it's not yet, yet. Uh, McLean was good tonight. I have been very excited about Malik McLean because from a physical standpoint, I feel like this is a guy that's got a lot of special skills. I think he runs really great routes for a guy that is six feet two, six feet three. He's got a big catch radius. I think he's got good hands. Um, for the most part, like in that he catches the ball away from his body. He doesn't body catch. He doesn't have some really like nasty habit that I want him to fix first, but it's putting it all together. It's being able to run those rats consistently to catch the football, to be in the right spot, to do all those things. And he did that tonight. He didn't have, I would say the more complicated routes. He wasn't running the Keandre Lambert Smith plays where he was having to beat guys deep and to use a full range of route running skills to get open. There was a lot of underneath throws, but he caught the ball and ran and had a nasty stiff arm to, uh, to get extra yardage. Uh, I do want to go back to this again and go back to uh, the defense. I thought Curtis Jacobs was the best guy on the field tonight, and that's a relief because I always want to be honest, and Curtis is, is a f big friend of the show. He, we've had him on a bunch of times, and I always like when he plays well because then I can say he played well, uh, and, and he did a lot of great stuff tonight. I thought his awareness on the football field was really good, and when he went into that will position early in the game, that steadied things out for Penn State. Uh, the rotation at linebacker. You saw a lot of Dom DeLuca, and you saw a lot of Tyler Elsden, I think, to the surprise of some people. Those guys are going to play. And I do think that when they were in there, there was a step down in performance. Although, Kobe King, I know I one play in particular where they had a swing pass, and he blitzed, and he's on the side where he should have the running back if the running back goes out for a pass route. I don't know that he read that right. There were a couple of times, I feel like, in coverage, those there were some miscommunications at the second level that is one thing i'm going to go back and look at i'm going to look at that play in more depth but fairly certain looking at that he should have he should have broken off that blitz and he should have covered that that swing pass because they got like nine ten yards on that play and if you just look at the way the defense is is kind of spaced out you got to have a player for every receiver and the next guy in line on that side of the field was king and i don't think curtis jacobs is supposed to be coming from the back side of the field all the way over to, to cover the running back. You usually like to have the leverage of the running back covered by one of your linebackers on either side. So again, things to clean up. Uh, the linebackers tonight were not spot on, but again, this is why you have depth and you have talent and you have veteran players to come and right the ship. Uh, Jalen Reed was good tonight as well. Uh, I don't think he gave up anything big. And that was an area that he talked about. I talked about to him about that a little bit uh, this offseason when we were talking to him during training camp is he lost weight. He tried to get uh, a little bit slimmer, a little bit more fit, wanted to be better in coverage. There was, there was one play, he made the, the joke, he broke up a play in the end zone on a slot fade where he was covering the receiver. And, you know, he came down for make sure he had his run fit and then had to turn and run. And he put his entire soul into the burst of the football. But he got there, and he broke up the play. Last year, that's a play that I don't know that he would have made. I don't know that his change of direction would have been as good, and he would not have gotten that uh, that uh, 
the ability to get into that position. And I apologize. This is what happens when you've got Kobe and Kalen King on uh, the roster. And show this again. Kobe King had five tackles tonight. Kalen King had four. But they're both K King on the roster. And you have to see in parentheses, one's the linebacker and one is the corner. Uh, tons of comments here in the chat tonight. Um, yeah, M, we, we covered this earlier in the show. Yeah, as a massive Abdul Carter fan, missed tackles. Yes, it is a little nitpicky, but going a little bit deeper, there was one. Uh, there was one. And here's another situation I'll give up in, in terms of uh, where the analysis is who's got the running back. And this was on the the original fourth down play where Green throws the football. It's incomplete, and they they turn the ball on downs. I believe it was the first time they they had a passing fourth down. Both linebackers went with the running back. Now I know he's a good football player, but you never double the running back on a swing pass. Curtis Jacobs shifted to the mic position pre-snap. And again, we're talking about leverage. Who's likely, who's most likely to have that guy? Carter was on the weak side, but he saw the action and ran with it. And I think he was supposed to either spy the quarterback or blitz on that. And he broke off his assignment and you got two guys running to the same to the ball in the same place. So Yes, there were some mental errors there, but we're not going to be beating people up over that in a 38-15 to 15 win. We'll point those things out. And, uh, and, of course, the Penn State coaching staff is going to point those out more importantly, and they'll make those corrections. Sam, and Sam, I think I've been trying to get to your question all night. He said, hey, T. Frank, not a lot of tight windows, but I'm hoping Drew will, be, will get better from here. He reacted well in his first game to pressure. That is something last year that was a big thing for me to see in this game because I knew going back to his high school film and what we've heard about him is that he is calm under pressure. But going back to a couple of games last year, maybe it was just the deer in the headlights thing. He did not react as well to pressure, especially blitzed pressure when you're bringing five, six guys. Um, he took a couple sacks tonight, but I would rather him take those sacks if I'm a coach than to try and throw the ball away or make a play like it'd be a hero. Don't do the Josh Allen thing where you're trying to throw with two guys hanging off of you. He took the sack and they moved on. He did the right thing and the kicker didn't hit the kick. Um, so Drew had big windows, but he also created those windows with his scrambling and his moving and using his eyes. Getting to the backside correctly on a read, on a full field read, not a lot of college quarterbacks do that, and not a lot of them do it in their first game. We saw some of this in the blue-white game earlier in the spring. You don't want to overreact to that, but that's the good stuff. That's the, I'm excited and smiling here. Not that I'm a Penn State fan. I like watching good football. Drew Aller gave me 60 minutes or however long he was in the game because he came out in the fourth quarter. He gave me good football. He did good quarterback things. His accuracy was good. His decision-making, his eyes, his hips, his feet. His heart, his soul, it was all good tonight. It was great. Tonight will be the most points scored on us until Ohio State. Uh, a lot of confidence here from Weggy Ocean. So it is nearly an hour here on the show. We usually go an hour on the post-game show. We covered most of the stuff here tonight. We got to the defense. Once again, I completely glossed over the defense in a lot of ways, and I apologize. The offense is just fun. Offense is fun, and I always... I always uh, I always cave to that side of the football. And of course, when you have a, a new quarterback starting and throwing for 325 yards, it makes it easier to do this show. 
But if there's anything you guys want to cover, drop it in the chat and we'll talk for a couple more minutes. Probably won't go much longer than an hour, but I appreciate you guys being here. And one final request. Hopefully we've had a good conversation. Maybe you learned some stuff about the game. Hopefully my analysis of just using my hands and talking, I've made it clear the, the, the plays we've broken down here without any visual aid whatsoever. We will have that at bluewhiteillustrated.com where I'll break down some plays and I'll show you what I'm talking about with the film. So you can subscribe right now. And I'm going to throw this up on the uh, up here on the screen again, because this is the most important thing outside of the Drew Aller stuff is that you can get half off of bluewhiteillustrated.com. $49.99 for an entire year of content. Join the message board. It is the black hole that you want to get sucked into because you get all the information. You'll meet some great people. You'll have some great conversations. Maybe you'll get into one or two arguments and then you'll bro hug it out. It'll be a great time. I love uh, having uh, the community we have at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Chris Gorky is here. He says, T. Frank, the D, run, the D issue is the D line not too gapping. Was it issue with run D? Sorry if I already covered. I just got here. Um, Penn State doesn't two gap. So if you're thinking of a nose tackle eating up uh, a double team and playing two different gaps, they don't do that. They play one man to a gap. And because they do that, they can do all kinds of crazy things. And even Manny Diaz has gone further in to say, like, they don't, a lot of guys will play the shoulder of the offensive lineman. And so they can maintain that contact and you can keep, you can keep one gap closed with the offensive lineman's body if you use him to close the gap behind you, if that makes sense. Penn State plays the gap. They don't play the man. So they're running and trying to hit a target. So that's how you can take Devon Elise at the goal line and try and hit him on the backside C gap because you're expecting one of those linebackers on a cross blitz to aim at where he was and hit it with a vengeance and there to be a confusion on the offensive line and to attack and to, and to get that tackle for loss that they're trying to get. They're trying to create these negative plays. Um, so they don't two gap. So just remove that from your brain and from the, the, uh, lexicon of jargon of Penn State football, because they don't do that. They one gap. In fact, that is the basis of Manny Diaz's defense is they play one gap to one man and, uh, they try to win through athleticism, aggression, and, uh, post-snap movement. Uh, this is Eggman says in the running game, I about never see a pitch to the outside from Franklin, even going back to Saquon. Seems like doing it would take at least the run game be a, le a little less predictable. I, I would disagree about the run game predictability. I think that this has been an evolution of Mike Yersich as an offensive coordinator coming to Penn State. Before he was at Penn State, he was uh, kind of like West Virginia. He was a zone di a disciple. Inside zone, outside zone, using that stretch play to stretch the, the uh, field horizontally to create those seams that you can attack. If you want a, a full breakdown on that, I did a breakdown of that on uh, Friday, on the Friday show, where I even had these uh, really ridiculous diagrams, which I think I still have here. I could put it up for you. Yeah, so this is the outside zone. You want to create these uh, areas of conflict for the read defenders, for support defenders, and also just run laterally and try to beat guys. This is what Mike Yersich was. And in, in one of the early... Um, in one of the early drives, they run outside zone twice. And uh, Saquon, excuse me, Nick Singleton hits it really well and gets like nine yards. Come back later in the game, 
and they're running counter, which is an entirely different family of blocking schemes. It's from the man side of instead of having a zone that you're hitting, you're actually like, I've got this guy down block to this guy, double team up to this guy and pull. And they're doing, you know, classic football plays. So I think that they have a good biodiversity in their run game. Now, there was a play that I think you'll see later, to your point, uh, it's it's a pitch play where it's a quarterback power and you saw West Virginia run this tonight, but the quarterback didn't keep it. It's a power play that's set up for the quarterback, but he has the option to pitch it to the uh, running back if the numbers are right. They ran this with Noah Kane in 2020 and 2021 a lot. Um, so that's a pitch play that they have in their in their play system. They also have pin and pull, which is a similar concept, but it's it was without the pitch. So there's a lot of different things that they do in this offense. And I think that they uh, um, I think that they do a good job of having variety in the run game. Uh, Your Fates asks, curious about Penn State giving up third down conversions. Well, the fourth down ones, to me, are the problem. Because I don't see that one getting better. Because they got pushed off the ball a couple of times. If you want to say Penn State's D-line got pushed off the ball, fourth and one, it wasn't even close. <laughs> I mean, Garrett Green's falling for a full yard, yard and a half. So that was um, that was an area where I think the, the fourth down conversions were a bit of an issue. And yeah, James Franklin talked about getting off the field being an issue for this defense. I, I got to go through. I don't think they had, they maybe won three and out. They they had two three and outs on the game. Uh, in the late in the in the half where they almost then got the ball back and scored and had the had the uh, coming and going at halftime, getting the double dip of getting the ball after halftime and scoring right before. They did that because they got a three and out. And then to start the third quarter, it looks like they had a three and out where they got them behind the sticks and they had that great play from Jalen Reed to get the tackle for a loss. So they didn't have a lot of three and outs, but these drives were eight plays for 32 yards, uh, seven plays for 17 yards, 14 plays. For 48 yards, taking five minutes off the clock. And that, by the way, is in the third quarter after Penn State has scored. And West Virginia is trying to get back into the game with their game plan, which is running the football. And and so, yes and no. I agree. Um, uh, I, I agree that they need to get off the field a little bit better. But they were able to, even when they gave up a couple first downs, they were able to keep things in contain. Chris is back. He says, I know they don't do gap. That's why I'm asking. Is that an issue? I mean, I think we're, we're debating whether or not grass should be green. Like, I don't think that's going to change. You're not going to change the, the bedrock of Manny Diaz's defense after game one, after he's installed it for a year and a half. So they don't have the bodies to do that first off. Um, and that's an entirely different defense. So that is an, that that's a three down front. That is a 325 pound nose tackle. We've discussed that they're bigger now, but they're not that big. They're not going to two-gap. So, no, I, I don't think that that's the issue. I think the issue is they have to be uh, in their gaps. And we've seen them be very good. Like, let's not overreact to one game of them not being in their gaps all the time. They, they did this a lot last year where they had a couple of games where they got a little loose. The first month of the season, they were working this stuff out. Purdue was able to crease them in a similar way. Uh, to begin the game last year. So we've seen this from this defense that then it clicks in. And Manny Diaz has said, we can't wait until halfway through the season to play our best football. 
So they still got some time. But yeah, I don't think that this was their best football. But it was still a good game from this defense. Let's let's not overreact to uh, a team that had 310 total yards, 162 yards passing, and uh, one rushing touchdown when it counted. This was a good win. It was a good win. I think the run defense was good. I don't think it was great. Um, and they'll have all that to clean up and to get better. Like we said... It is not the um, it is not a complete picture. The receiver competition isn't over. The uh, the quarterback battle I think might be over, but that defensive tackle rotation they've still got some things to work out. I mean, Vanover didn't play tonight; he was not available. And also, Kazai um, Izzard, after being available last week, was not available uh, tonight. So missing one of their veteran defensive tackles. I don't know if that changes a lot, but I think it changes some things. I think it would give them another guy out there and, and keeping those guys fresh. They rotated a lot on defense as well. So this team doesn't play just its starters. They go too deep. Everyone got on the field, keeping everybody fresh. We'll look at the PFF snap counts before you, by the way, at bluewhiteillustrated.com. That is premium content you can check out tomorrow to see how many snaps these guys played because that's another part of the season is you got to keep everybody fresh. Nick Singleton had uh, 13 carries. He got 70 yards, efficient night. He also left 10 carries on the field that he didn't have to take. So all of that kind of adds up cumulatively throughout the season. Uh, that'll do it tonight for the BWI Live Show. Thank you to everybody who stopped by. This is by far our most successful show that we've had in, in, in a while. After a great win for Penn State football, Drew Aller going out and slinging the football. Penn State, they got a quarterback. Let's see what he can do for the rest of the 2023 season. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Don't forget to check out James Franklin's postgame press conference. We'll have that here on the channel as well and instant analysis from our guys at the stadium. Stay tuned for all of that on the BWI YouTube channel. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you on Monday.